Hey, and thanks for taking the time to listen with us here at Gospel Way as we seek to find rest in Christ. Please know that this is supplemental and does not replace your local church or the pastor that God has given to shepherd your soul. But it is our prayer that God will use these resources to bless you and point you to Jesus. And let me call your attention to the book of John chapter number 17. John chapter number 17. We'll pick up reading in verse number 20, read down through verse number 26. We're going to key in this morning on verse number 25 and verse number 26. Beginning in verse number 20, the Bible says, Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I and them, and thou and me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and thou hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me. For thou lovest me before the foundations of the world. O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me. And I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou loved me may be in them, and I in them. Let's pray. Father, this morning we know that we cannot live on bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Father, we pray that you make us hungry for your word, that it may nourish us today. And we pray that it may nourish us through the bread of the Lord Jesus Christ. For you referred to yourself as the bread of life. Lord, we need your help this morning and we ask for that in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. As we come to this service this morning, it's almost, to, at least to me, it's a, almost a sad time because we're ending the series which we began back in February. These 26 verses that we find in this chapter, you and I have spent 40 weeks going through these verses. We've not spent that 40 weeks that we show ourselves or display ourselves better, but that we 
better understand our Lord and Savior, that we better understand the Lord Jesus Christ, that we better understand what He prayed. In this chapter, this is the prayer of the Lord Jesus Christ. I began to think, and I had mentioned something to Jeffrey, and I think I'd also mentioned something to Brother Charles. As I was thinking about this this week, I thought about the fact that we've been in this chapter for 40, 40 weeks. And if we were to average that time out each time that we've met together, if we were to average that out to 40 minutes each of those 40 times, that's 1,600 minutes. That equals a little more than 26 and a half hours that we've spent in this chapter. In light of that, I stopped this week and read this entire prayer slowly and methodically. And it took me a total of 4 minutes and 57 seconds. So what the Lord prayed in 5 minutes... We, we have just skimmed the surface of understanding by spending 26 plus hours together. You say, why did you mention that? Because there is so much here. The Lord Jesus Christ takes the first four to five verses and He prays for Himself. He prays about the Father restoring unto Him the glory that he had with the Father before the world began. But the last 21 verses, he concentrates on us. He concentrates on our life. Even in his praying in those first five verses for himself, we are there also because he had talked about those whom were his. And he had talked about those to whom he was giving eternal life. That eternal life, so many times we stop and we think about eternal life. And if we were to think about that, we, we think about the benefits that we gain from eternal life. The benefits of being to, able to live for eternity. What we're going to see and what we're going to know when we get to heaven but what did He tell us that eternal life was? He said, I give unto them eternal life and that eternal life. He even explained what eternal life was. Eternal life is knowing God. That is eternal life. Is the knowledge of God. The, the knowing of God. It's not just that we... We have some kind of book knowledge about what everybody else says about God. But it is a knowledge of God. It is knowing God. I do not just read about my wife. I know my wife. We live together. We, 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 we have a family together. I know my wife. And that's the knowing that He's talking about that eternal life being is what is going to make eternity what it is is that we're going to be with Him. And just like we said last week, even in the latter part of this prayer in verse number 24, 
Jesus makes these statements here and He says, Father, I will that they also whom Thou hast given Me be with Me where I am. And we looked at last week how that when He said, I will, it was almost a command that this is going to be. This is going to take place. And He he talked about the reason that He wanted us to be there with Him. And the reason that He wanted us to be there with Him is so that we behold His glory. What is His glory? His glory is those who are His. His glory is everything that He's done and everything that He's accomplished so that those who are saved are His. He said in the beginning of this chapter, He said that He had done everything the Father sent Him to do. And He said that was finished. There's two times in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ that He makes the statement, it is finished. He makes it here in this prayer. What was finished at this point? Understand the period of time of this prayer. And to understand the period of time of this prayer, you only have to read a few verses into the next chapter. Jesus Christ makes all of these statements and look in verse number 1 of chapter number 18. He said, when Jesus had spoken these words, when these words had been spoken... Immediately after he had prayed, he went forth with his disciples over the brook Kidron where was a garden into which he entered with his disciples. Verse number 2, And Judas also, which betrayed him, knew the place. For Jesus oft times resorted thither with his disciples. We even know in another, at another time in Scripture where He resorted to that place with His disciples. And while He was praying, they fell asleep. We, we he were given that in Scripture. But what's about to take place is Jesus has just got through praying this five-minute prayer. And after He prays this, He goes across the brook. He goes into a garden. And as he's going into that garden, there's a group of men that come up. And this is the point where Judas comes up and kisses him on the cheek. This is where those men draw their swords and Jesus Christ makes the statement, I am He. And when he makes that statement, I am he, they all fall backward on the ground. Just at the fact that he stated, I am he. Understand that as we look at this and as Jesus is praying this, Jesus knows what is about to take place. And he wants us to know That His desire, and not only His desire, but what will take place is those that are His will be with Him. And they will be with Him to behold His glory. We looked at last week that 
the glory of humanity will be seen when we shall see Him. The glory of His deity, the glory of His His being a mediator, the glory of us being a co-heir with Him, all of that's going to be seen to us when we spend eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what He wants for us. Understand that as Jesus is praying this prayer, and this prayer is referred to many times as the high priestly prayer of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our great high priest. And His purpose in praying all that He's prayed, in the first part we looked at how that our salvation was secured in eternity past. How that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit coveted together, made a plan so that you and I could be saved by the grace of God. They they made that plan. The Father devised the plan. The Son carried out the plan. The Holy Spirit of God implemented the plan in our life. And in doing all of that, they had made a plan whereby we could be with Him. Whereby we could spend eternity With him. And that eternity is knowing God and being able to know God, being able to know him more and more as as eternity spans and as eternity goes on. And so much that we could talk about at that point, but I want you to think about here what he says in verse number 25. He makes the statement, O righteous Father. As he prays in this prayer, he refers to his father with two different titles, if you will. He refers to him in verse number 11. He said, I, and now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee, what? Holy Father. But in this verse this morning, he refers to him as righteous Father. He said, O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me. How is it that you and I are to know God? We know God through the Lord Jesus Christ. We know God through the working of the Lord Jesus Christ. We know God because Jesus Christ displays who God is. Was it not Jesus that said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Why? Because He is a display of His Father. Angie and I have five boys, and if you were to look at pictures in my past, and you were to pull up a picture when I'm 30-some years old, and you were to pull up a picture of Jeffrey, I feel sorry for him. This is what he has to look forward to. (laughs) Every one of our children, with Bradley and Matthew and Andrew and Samuel, They all have features that are features of their father. And for that I apologize. But they still have those features that are features of their father. 
Jesus Christ displayed the Father before the world. People did not want to see the Father. But there were those who did want to see And those are the ones that he prayed for. And he says here that he wanted them to be with him where he was. But he says this, O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me. And I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. In this prayer, Jesus shows us in the beginning that our salvation is secured in eternity past. He tells us on down through this prayer that we are safe in the world. Then he tells us in the last portion of this prayer that he covers, he is talking about our sanctification. He is talking about us being like him. We talked about even last week about the statement that Brother Ricky had sent to me as as an encouraging text one morning uh, a couple of weeks ago that he had sent the text of how it had encouraged him when he had read the Scripture We know not what we shall be, but we know when we shall see Him, we shall be like Him. What a blessing. That we shall be like Him. How are we going to be like Him? We're going to be like Him just as Jesus Christ is like Him. We're going to be like Him because... If He is in us, He will be displayed through us. And and sometimes, and this is where I think so many people get twisted around and, and misconstrue Scripture. My looking like God has nothing to do with how I cut my hair. My looking like God has nothing to do with what I wear or what I don't wear. My looking like God is a display of the love of God. And the only way that I can display the love of God is that I understand and be taught the love of God. The only way that that becomes displayed in my life, the only way that I become more like Him and display the love of God in my life is that I understand God's love for me. You say, how is that? It's this way. This is practical. What I'm about to give you is is the love of God being practical in our life. When we look at God and we understand that God has saved us, that God has allowed us to be born again, that God has allowed us to be His children, when we look at that and understand that, if we understand it correctly, we understand we didn't deserve that. But yet He gave us that love anyway. 
The Bible tells us, but God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He tells us in another place that Jesus Christ died for the ungodly. We were not, we were not great people when Jesus Christ met us. We were sinners. We're still sinners. We still sin in this life. I failed God this week. The blessing is, I may have failed God, but Jesus Christ did not. And I am in Christ. So it is not my failure that God sees, but it is Jesus Christ's completeness and His non-failure that God sees when He looks at me. And if we know that and we understand the love that God had for us in that God loved us, even though while we were yet sinners, no matter what's been in our life, no matter what's happened in our life, Jesus Christ loved us. If we see that and we know that and we recognize that in our life, then we display that by showing the same graces to those that are around us. It is my place to love my wife like Christ loved me. It is my place to love my children as Christ loved me. It is my place to love my grandchildren as Christ loved me. And that is how that the love of God is displayed in our life. That is how that happens. That is how that takes place. And that is what Christ wants for us is that the love of the Father be displayed in our life and the love of the Father is displayed when we display that love to others. Have people done you wrong? I know that in the past I've had people do me wrong. Mm -hmm. And just to be completely honest with you this morning, I've done some other people wrong. We all have. But those that have done us wrong, it is not our place to begrudge them. It is not our place to to, uh, look down upon them. It is our place to display the same love to them that Christ has displayed to us. You say, that's difficult. Yes, it is. That's hard. But that is when the love of God is displayed. That does not mean, now don't misunderstand what I'm saying, that does not mean you bury your head in the sand. It does not mean that you condone their doing you wrong. It does not, it just means that you don't lash out and you don't, You don't backbite and you don't do those things to them that they've done to you. That is the reason what we understand as the golden rule. I mean, the application is in Scripture. You won't find Scripture that says this, but the application is there. Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. But our mentality most of the time is do unto others before they do unto us. 
or at least do unto others like they do unto us. But what Christ is looking for in our lives is that we display the love of God. And the only way that we display the love of God is by our understanding the love of God. By our recognizing the love of God. I, I, I could not come in here this morning and teach you and tell you how to display the love of God by telling you, you disobeyed God this week. Get right with God. Make it right with God. You better straighten up. That's not the way to do it. That's not the way Christ did it. We know we are failures. The blessing is, it is not dependent upon me. It's dependent upon Christ. Yes, I've failed, but He hasn't. He is my Savior. And if we understand that, and that is the reason that as Gospel Way Baptist Church, everything that comes from this pulpit is our resting in the Lord Jesus Christ, our resting in the completeness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And just as I've already said, do we fail God? Yes, we fail God. But Christ has not failed God, and you and I are in Christ. And like I said last week, I'm resting in my resting Savior. Jesus Christ is on the right hand of the Father, seated there. He's resting. Why? Because His work is done. He's done everything that needed to be done. And He's seated on the right hand of the Father. I assure you that Jesus Christ is not sitting up in heaven doing this. He's not wringing His hands. He's not breathing heavily. He's sitting there knowing that He, as He prayed, did everything the Father sent Him to do. Yes. We not only find that, but over in John chapter number 19, we find Him praying it again. It is finished. What? The redemptive work of the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave His life on the cross of Calvary. He was buried and three days again He rose so that we had a victorious Savior. And He ascended back into heaven and is seated on the right hand of the Father. What Christ's desire in this prayer for us is that we display what He displayed. And that is the display of the love of Christ. How do we do that? By being that kind of person in our dealings with others on a continual basis. If we do that, there is one other thing that we see in this Scripture that will happen because he says in verse number 26, And I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. You and I don't need to just understand that God loves us. We need to understand that Christ is in us and we in Him. What is, and we've went through a whole 
study. I think we've spent 26 weeks in the book of Ephesians going through a a study of the symmetry of Ephesians and looking at how that Christ is in us and we're in Him. What is my identity? My identity is not that I can work wood with my hands. My identity is not that that, that I do maintenance work as a living. My identity is not that I am Angie Perry's husband. My identity is not that I am my children's father. My identity is I am a child of God. I am all of those things. I do all of those things. But my identity is that I'm a child of God. And when I recognize that, it's not difficult for me to be who I am. When it, it's not just enough for me to tell myself I'm a child of God. It is knowing and understanding. And that is the reason that we look at the Word of God on a systematic basis. We study the Word of God systematically so that we better understand who Jesus Christ is and we better understand who we are in the Lord Jesus Christ so that we know our identity. And when I walk out of this building, I'm not ashamed to hold my head up high and say, I'm a child of God. Andrew and Rachel had a revealing party for their next child. They had it yesterday afternoon and they had this piñata. They had a mule piñata. They did some kind of taco whatever. But when he busted open the mule, all different kinds of colors fell to the ground. We thought, what in the world? What kind of baby is this going to be? <laughs> And it's all kinds of colors fell to the ground. And then they went and got a little taco and hung it up. And when he opened it up, that little taco, all kinds of blue flakes fell to the ground. So we know that there's going to be another Perry boy. I said that to say this point. When I walk out the door, I can hold my head up high that I'm a Perry. And, and I, I like that, and I don't mind that. But far greater than that, far above that, it's not that I'm a Perry. It's that I'm a child of God because God loved me and God gave Himself for me. And the more that I know Him, the more I want to know Him, and the more that I get to know about Him, the greater that I love Him, and the more that I know about Him, and the more that I love Him, the more I want to love those that are around me and display that same love that He displayed for me. Why? Because I am a child of God. I wake up and I realize that I've failed God. But I realize that I'm in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I realize that He hasn't failed God. And I realize 
when I look at Scripture, the Lord Jesus Christ, the one that I'm in, said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Our Savior wants us to rest in knowing that we're His. That He's got it. How many times did we with our children and how many times with our grandchildren, how many times have we, they, they been somewhere and we told them, jump, I'll catch you. How many times have we held their hands as we took them over someplace and, and they were fearful, but we had hold of them. Jesus Christ is calling out this morning. And what He's saying, Brother Charles, is He's saying, don't worry, I've got you. I've got you. And the more that we recognize that and the more that we let that infiltrate our lives, the more we will display that love. Jesus Christ said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Let us rest in Him. Rest in His finished work. Rest in what He's done. Quit trying to hold on to what we've done or quit trying to condemn ourselves over what we've done and hold to Him and hold to His finished work. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for the Scripture. We thank You for the truths that we see in this Scripture. Lord, in some ways it almost saddens our heart that we are leaving this series. Lord, we know that as we go to other series, we will yet see You again. We'll see You in those Scriptures also. And Lord, I pray that we not only see You in those Scriptures, but we allow You to be seen in our lives by understanding more and more about You. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.